0: Welcome, Latter-day Bridge Builders. I'm your host, Mitch. On today's episode, we tackle a kind of difficult conversation about talking, is the church a cult? Um, This is part of our Tackling Clichés series. We are not experts on religion, theology, or Mormonism, and any thoughts expressed herein belong to those who made the statement and do not necessarily reflect the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or its membership. to the podcast today everyone hey guys this is part of our tackling cliche series right and today we're talking about is is the church a cult um me and Garrett were talking about this a little bit before and i don't think we've ever really gone over what we should talk about for so long before an episode you know what i mean
1: yeah because you know we're trying we're trying to you know build bridges <laughs> yeah and this one was hard for us because of our own biases yeah so we just got to throw this disclaimer out there at the beginning. Like we've kind of had a rough couple of weeks, both of us. Um, you had some illness and I've been sick. Yeah. yeah. I apologize everybody for making this delay, uh, delaying <laughs> this podcast episode because yeah. the man, the allergies uh, here in Utah for those who can sympathize, you know, when it's fall, Uh, all that is it like hay or grass or whatever it is like that but i get it too it's not great yeah and then yeah anyway so i've been sick for a while um so sorry yeah and
0: i had kind of a more negative experience with a former church member that was a leader over me for a while (laughs) just this last week um i thought about like sharing it or not i don't know Think Go I for it. Okay. I'll just be really quick. I don't want to call out like names or anything like that. But um just a couple of days ago, I went to a ward party at the ward I grew up in. Okay. And had two bridge building experiences, one very positive and one very negative. I guess I'll just say. The very positive one was great. It was with a um actually a listener to the podcast. So she'll know that I'm talking about her. Um I don't have her permission to share this story. So maybe I'll just keep it very general. Um, but she just mentioned that she likes the podcast. She's been sharing it with people. And yeah, it was just super cool for her to say that like, hey, this is like doing a good thing. What we're talking about, she's enjoying it. this is coming from an active member. Um, she kind of has had life experiences in her life recently where loved ones have left the church and she's just trying to recognize like how it affects their relationship and stuff, and so we were just we're talking about it. Didn't go into any specifics about like truth claims or anything like that, but I walked away from that conversation like this is awesome, you know, like we can talk about this openly. It's all good. Immediately after, a former bishop of mine <laughs> grabbed me by the shoulder and was like, "Let's talk for a minute." And more specific truth claims that like, came out, and it was just not a great conversation. Um, he kind of brought up in a roundabout way that he feels like I'm deceived stuff like that. And I was just walked away from that conversation. Like, what was the point of that? Like, it's just, I'm sure he doesn't feel great like talking after that. Cause I pushed back a little bit, you know, like stood my ground on some things and he was just like talking back to me. Anyway. So I walked away from that, just kind of upset a little bit. And like, what was the point of that conversation? So hopefully with this podcast, what we're trying to do is, you know, build bridges between people, help people recognize, like, there's reasons people stay in the church, there's people, reasons people leave and like, let's respect that. Right. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so we're both a little bit fiery today. I guess if that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, feel free to call us out if we Please. if we come across too aggressive. Like always, we're going to try our best to, you know, be, be kind of in the middle, right? You know, between both sides. I guess if there are sides, mm-hmm. offering perspectives from offering two perspectives to every issue. Yeah, but also yeah. not beat around the
0: issues, like beat around the bush, and like <clears throat> talk right. about things very specifically. Right. So this one's going to be tough. I'm um, talking about if the church is a cult because we went into this, like, at least I did like, no way. Like the church isn't like that word is too negative. Right. And looking at it a little bit more is like, maybe it does check a lot of boxes that kind of do fit that definition. So mm-hmm. we'll get into this, but we, I'm just going to throw this out there. Like if you disagree with us on something and you want to have your voice heard, please send us an email and we'll read it on air next episode. Yep. Um, just to get more perspectives, because we are both on the ex member side, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm.
1: Um, or unorthodox side, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so please help us out. Yeah. And so you're probably wondering, what are we even going to be talking about today? And we will be talking about the cliche of is the church a cult? Yeah. That's often thrown around a lot, that term, um, especially by ex members most commonly. And so we wanted to dive into that uh in quite a bit of detail today and validating both sides, both ex-members and members, because we feel like it's either way. It doesn't seem to be a very constructive term.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and yeah, so let's get started. Let's get into it. Okay. So the first thing we want to say is it depends on how you look at it, right? Totally how do you <laughs> what what is the definition? What what does a cult even mean? And so Let's start out with our own definitions. Mitch, go ahead. What does a cult mean to you? Okay. To me,
0: when I hear the word cult, I think of, and we'll get into this a little bit more, um, some specifics from history, at least United States history. Um, I think of Waco, Texas and David Koresh and the camp Davidians. I think of Warren Jeffs with the F I think of heaven's gate, which was a cult in like California where people committed mass suicide um, Jim Jones, which is like people drinking the poison Kool-Aid mass suicide as well, like stuff like that, like really crazy, extreme examples. Like when I think of the word cold, like that's what comes to my mind. And I think that probably comes to the mind of like most people.
1: Yeah. And I would agree for myself. Like I, I kind of think of it as like, oh, you know, very crazy, you know, organizations where people are just really off. You know, that's that's my initial thought. Nothing super specific, I guess. Sure. Because I've always kind of pushed that away from my own identity like no i've i've never been in a cult i don't want to be in a cult you know uh, and so yeah that's kind of my definition i guess is like s- some sort of organization where the leadership has really got some powerful hold on the members of that organization mm-hmm. and some very dire consequences you know like
0: all those examples i think with the exception of the FL- of the flds people died you know, right. like whether they were killed or committed suicide by <laughs> coercion. I don't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some but, sort of human right violation. Yeah, totally. You know, like right. also prostitution mm-hmm. or like, I guess that the FLDS kind of checks that, you yeah. know, like um,
0: young girls, you know,
1: mm. 12 years
0: old, even like being forced into marriage right? And sexual relations and stuff like that. So very extreme things. So when like throwing it out there right now, I'm just going to say it
1: like the church does not, fit my definition of a cult and, yeah and neither does it mine because what comes to mind on both of for both of us is very extreme examples mm-hmm. and and i think in pop culture that's probably what the definition of a cult really is right like if you were to look it up on what's that urban reddit or whatever <laughs> urban, dictionary. <laughs> urban dictionary urban dictionary <laughs> yeah. that combines you sound like <laughs> such an old person right then <laughs> uh but speaking of definitions uh we googled this and in the oxford Dictionary. Um, there are a few definitions for a cult. Uh, the first is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. The next definition, a relatively should small we,
0: group. Should we oh, pause yeah. really quick and yeah, let's be like, pause, let's pause. Yeah. Um, like
1: after each definition, like do it, yeah, does do the church
0: fit that? Mm-hmm. So a specific person or what was it? Yeah. A particular figure or object. Figure or object. I don't think the church would fit that definition necessarily. Yeah, Like we were in the church, we worship heavenly father,
1: Jesus Christ, you know, but yeah. Would that be a particular figure or object or is it more like a, a human person? Yeah. It's more like an entity, like God, like yeah. if
0: you're defining the church as like a cult with that definition, I would say every religion would probably yeah. check that box because they worship some higher power yeah, of some kind yeah. or idolize something even like Buddhism, which <clears throat> doesn't really, is kind of like a non-religion in a way.
1: Right. But still, Buddha is like the the example the example of like who to become and his devotion towards, you know, his way of life and what he did to pave the way to enlightenment. Sure. So by that definition, I would say
0: probably every religion is a cult.
1: Yeah. Okay. next definition. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Once again, I think. Most religions would probably fall under that because at most least orthodox people, religions in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. Cause like, there's usually some strange kind of ceremony, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I meditate and, you know, and I told you about this once, but I, I went to this meditation kind of like instruction thing and uh, where there was this very, you know, strange, but fascinating ceremony that they did with burning incense and that kind of thing to like, before they taught me how to meditate and it was very religious sounding like by that definition, it could be a cult, but really it was just meditation. Sure. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, what's the next one? Next one. Uh, a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. That kind of doesn't even, I mean, that seems like, like an obsession, like that could be not even religious sure misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. That's like a definition of obsession.
0: Sure. And so, I think
1: yeah. maybe
0: certain members of the church might fit that with some ways, like the adoration right. given to like the prophet, for instance, or Joseph Smith. Like I know we don't in the church worship those people, but there's a lot of admiration for those types of people, you know, like the prophets, seers and revelators. There's a lot of respect. People stand when they walk into the room, you know, and stuff like that. So maybe, with that Mm -hmm. definition in some way there's admiration, but in the end, I think in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the admiration ultimately goes to like God, the father, Elohim and and Jesus Christ, you know? So sure. mm, I would say probably not for me, like yeah, with that definition, at least. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. To me, it just seems very broad. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's not specific enough for me to say, yeah, that, Especially right. with a word like "cult," you know, yeah. <laughs> you got to be a little bit more specific for me. Totally. totally. <laughs> you know? um, so that's what the internet says, which we all know is, you know, uh, true <laughs> 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 and and reliable, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's talk about those. Let's, I mean, let's, it, it. I mean, the first thing to take note here is that our personal definitions or what we kind of think of when we think of "cult" is way off from totally. what, from what the dictionary seems to say about it. I agree. And that's kind of like a huh moment for me. Sure. Like, why is that? Yeah. And where, where did this negative charged term cult come from? Yeah. You know, I
0: think it is like those very extreme examples, kind of like I mentioned before and, you know, suicide or like sex trafficking, basically. And anyway, very yeah. heinous acts, very crazy, tragic things have happened. Like that's where the pop culture like comes in. And that's where that negative charge comes in for me at least.
1: Yeah. And so I wonder who used the word cult to associate with those really extremist groups first, because it's probably their fault (laughs) (laughs) that we're here. Why why we, you know, yeah. Like why we're talking about this, because I mean, by all, by all definition term, you know, for the word cult, uh, there's, there's a lot of harmless organizations that would fit that description. Right. I would say. Yeah relatively harmless yeah so
0: yeah because it has such a negative charge to it like this negative connotation maybe and we're going to go into this because we've discussed it but like there are maybe check boxes that certain uh, the church has with things but yeah like that term like what's the point of us using it with like such a heavily negative charged thing with it i think it's not constructive to the to the conversation that we want to have
1: Right and I, and I think a a really important thing to bring up as to I I think a a concept or a model that we're going to be using today to discuss and kind of hash out different aspects of what a cult is considered to be by academics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're using the bite model, right, for this conversation. And I, and I'm not sure why they tied the word cult to that uh specifically, but they have a lot of definitions from behavior control, thought control, information control and emotion control. That's the bite, right? The, the bite BIT. model right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, to to point out what a cult, how a cult would actually behave and how, you know, if you are a part of a cult. Mm-hmm. And so that that's its own definition. That's its own kind of like pattern of thought as, right. on its own. And so maybe we'll, we'll use that for a lot of our discussion today as well. Totally. Yeah. Um, cause the person who came up
0: with this model, his name is Steve Hass- Hassan Hassan. I'm not trying to pronounce his last name, but, um, I think he was in a cult like okay. growing up and that's how he became like, so intrigued in this, I guess. And he's got his PhD, you know, he's like considered the foremost expert on mind control behavior and cult like behavior and stuff like in the world. So mm-hmm. that's where we're getting this um, model from and we can put a link to it in the show notes, like a, uh, some resources to look into it a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is, you know, let's just take a moment, I guess, to discuss, let's go into the bite model a little bit more. Uh, maybe we'll read, maybe we'll just kind of quickly read some pointers for each of these. Um, so I'll go ahead with that. Uh, the first is behavioral control. Um, that's things like, uh, regulating an individual's physical reality, um, rewards and punishment to modify behavior, uh, threatening or using discipline to drive behavioral patterns, uh, exploitation, manipulation, uh, regulating diet, regulating patterns of sex, regulating financial choices, restricting leisure. So there's a lot of things here. Mm-hmm. But, so that's kind of the, the behavior part of that. And I think that w- and when Mitch and I were discussing this, we're not going to dive super deep into this, but more just to kind of paint a picture as to. Uh, to, 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 I guess, get some kind of common ground between individuals who are not in the church anymore, who are throwing out this term, they're probably thinking more along these lines. Sure. And members in the church are feeling defensive because the, you know, I, I think that as we know, we've both been active members. We kind of tend to think about a cult as this definition as well. Right. The very extreme, the very extreme. Um, so first we're going to establish some common ground, but like, but as far as definition goes, and then we'll kind of discuss is there any truth to it? Sure. Um, okay. So next information control, um, deception, deliberately, deliberately withholding information, um, minimizing non-cult sources of information, compartmentalizing between outsiders and insiders, uh, spying on each other within the organization, propaganda from within the cult. So that's kind of information control. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting one here is unethical use of confession Ooh, yeah
2: that
0: is interesting yeah yeah so yeah just like controlling what information people are access accessible to so the argument we'll get into this a little bit more but like there are some ways that i think the church does kind of have some information control but Mm -hmm. not like so strict i mean it's not like people are they have like their own police force that's coming and knocking on your door and like. Yeah. What books do you have here? You know, like yeah. Let's check your bookshelf. Yeah, is it exactly is it the quad only? Yeah. And you know, <laughs> right, more, right, right, right. Like, like only church materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, like no, they're yeah, yeah, no, like they're not like the church isn't extremely controlling this, right. um but right. there is certain aspects. You know, there's shame behind looking into other resources. You know, like it's we're told not to do it in the church. So right. Anyway, we can get into that, but. Next one is thought control. A couple here um, require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. That's an interesting one. Um, changing the person's name and identity. Using loaded language and cliches, which construct constrict knowledge, stop critical thought, and reduce complexities into plat platitudinous buzzwords oh that's that's a that's fun that's academic talk right there yeah, totally platitudinous <laughs> <laughs> i like how we're doing this tackling cliche series and because that's like that's a li- that's literally what we're trying to tackle yeah here. totally both in and out of the church yeah
1: because maybe there's some <laughs> maybe there's some like truth to that to the ex-mormons you know what i mean yeah maybe we just kind of we just took that that way of thinking uh from our church days to mm-hmm. now outside of church. And so nobody's really being that constructive. Totally. Perhaps. I think that's, I think it's a very valid thing to say.
0: Um, encouraging only good and proper thoughts. I feel that in the church sometimes, um, hypnotic techniques are used to alter mental states. I've never totally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there are some kind of <laughs> like the Julie Rowe and Chad Daybell and Lori Vallo. Like there was some like hypnotic kind of things with like that side. Mm. of the church membership where people are kind of like leaving the church saying like it's fallen it's a fallen church now or it's a fallen prophet so interesting there is maybe some of that more on that side but as far as like okay. within like within the church within maybe not the, as much yeah i've never yeah. been hypnotized you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and there's not there's not really those sort of like spiritual trances that you find right. often in different christian denominations totally where it's kind of like ooh, we're all like under this hypnotic influence of the spirit where we're speaking in tongues and that kind of thing that seems to have been written about in the old, old days of the church. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But as I've, of today, I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, memories are manipulated and false memories are created. Is that like gaslighting kind of thing? <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> uh, teaching thought stopping techniques would shut down reality testing by stopping negative thoughts and allowing only positive thoughts, including chanting meditating praying speaking in tongues singing or humming i don't know that's Mm. like we sing in the church but i want to call that like right thought control in that sense like you know like we're trying to hypnotize people
1: i would say most people probably like the hymns Mm -hmm. honestly like i I know that myself and i can't speak for everybody but myself and my wife you know we both like when we went to church to watch her talk yeah it was like yeah these hymns are kind of nice right you know like
0: there's a couple that I take issue with, like maybe sure, the like pro- the lyrics of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like follow the prophet or Praise of the Man, and stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. Um in general. No, I don't think that's true. Uh, rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, constructive criticism. Maybe a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Forbid critical questions about the leader doctrine or policy. I think mm-hmm. that's yep. kind of big. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into it. Anyway, yeah, this is a quick overview. Instill map of reality, labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, those are interesting. Okay, final one here is emotional control. Um, And we're just going to quickly brush through these um, and we'll kind of dive deeper into some of these um, as we go. Mm -hmm. Um, So, manipulate uh, and narrow the range of feelings, uh, such as the only feelings that you can feel are uh, things that are evil, wrong, or selfish, or things that are spiritual, you know, those kind of things um so more of that black and white type of emotional range um i'm trying to just kind of scan through here and just think of ones we might be talking about later um emotional highs and lows that are very extreme love bombing and praise one moment and then declaring you as horrible as a horrible sinner in another moment we're going to talk about that one um <clears throat> I'm not seeing any other ones here. Let's see. Okay. Social guilt, identity guilt, um, promoting feelings of guilt or unworthiness in general. Mm Um, uh, kind of writing off your thoughts, feelings, and actions as irrelevant or selfish. Um, things like that. Any other ones that stand out to you that we might talk about today?
0: Uh, one here is like a terrible consequences. If you leave Mm the hell demon possession, like (laughs) I'd say, you know, you're not going to have exaltation. Right. But as far as like going to hell, least theology doesn't really have a hell. I mean, there's like outer darkness, but what I've been told is like only like the you'd have to be like an apostle and then fall away to technically go to outer darkness.
1: And that's this is an interesting thing because that's what's said. Like kind of uh on the street, so to speak. Sure. Or like sure. the, the rumor but yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in uh in different like you know, between members. I've never felt like I mean, maybe in the past there have been some sort of like old conference talks, conference talks about that, where it's like, you know, absolutely not. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. in the scriptures, it's kind of just like, like, if I remember correctly, you know, and like in Alma, it's kind of like, yeah, if you deny, if you deny the spirit when you have felt it before, then, yep, you're done. It's a good point. So that's another. Yeah, it's kind of a gray area. Yeah, like, kind of a gray area. Like, oh, mm, yeah. yeah. See what happens, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This
0: is interesting. So this whole bite model, we'll put a link to this so you can like look into it yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so let's get into like, where does the church fit onto the spectrum of definition? Because I think people bring up this, you know, the church is like for a reason, mm-hmm. because I think it does check some of these boxes that we just mentioned on this totally. bite model. Yeah. There, there is, there are some fair claims there. Right. But I, once again, like going back to it is like, for me, my definition of a cult has such like negative feelings towards it. And like such like out there, like really crazy, you know, like mass suicides, like, you know, I mentioned and stuff. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, the church doesn't fall there. But like, if I for me personally, if I were to say like, there's this cold spectrum and at zero, like nothing at all, like Mm -hmm. probably all religions would be at least a one, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then a hundred being
1: Mass suicides, Mass suicides yeah. stuff
0: like that. Where the church would fall for me, maybe on the spectrum, would be like a fifty or a sixty. Oh,
1: like zero, like to, 100? zero to 100 0 to hundred kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like somewhere
0: sure. in there. Like that's that's what I would think. Like there are
1: certain aspects of it, right? But in general, like it's not that extreme, right? And there's a there's a pretty you know distinguishable line, I think, mm-hmm. where the church just never has crossed or never right. will cross. Where it, it becomes never, hopefully, will yeah, hopefully, <laughs> or you know. And, and i think one uh, one might argue and we're not going to go into different you know outside of the church resources and things like that you can find that information on different podcasts but i mean one might argue in the church's history there might have been periods of time when there were some you know pushing closer to the 70 80% mark sure. but in our lifetimes and in the last 50 60 years doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be it doesn't seem to cross into uh human right violations totally right? and i think it's even <clears throat>
0: Like I would say from my perspective, at least the church is changing in a lot of positive ways. Mm -hmm. I think we said we were going to talk a little bit about this, but yeah, yeah. I would say it's decreasing from 50 or 60, even more over time, even more over time, rather than increasing. (laughs) Right. Right. That could flip on a dime if we got some revelation revelation or some kind of (laughs) something like that. So I don't want to say it would completely change. Right. But yeah, I think it's getting better. Mm-hmm. So using this term cult, like probably not the best definition for the church. Right. You know right. I
1: mean? Yeah. And I think that's a main point. Main takeaway that we wanted to make from this is that let's try to be a bit more constructive mm-hmm. with with our feedback. You know, right. Uh, both on both sides of the coin here. If you're an ex-member and you're dissatisfied, if you use the word cult, it's confusing. It seems to be very uh, up to interpretation. Sure. Um and we'll get into that later on how we on recommendations for how we might communicate. Um, that's that's an important thing to note, though. Right. Okay. So with that, let's go into one one point that Mitchy brought up when we were chatting about this is that it's it's hard to, or or more, I guess we shouldn't take the church overall necessarily as, uh, as as the organization we analyze for cult behaviors. Because there's so many layers and facets within the church, right? That could be more culty. That could be more or less culty sure. depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. So, and we just wrote down three examples here, but I'm sure you could, you could dive into this even more. Uh, the first being, if, if you are a member of the church, say you're a youth or you're like, if you're a priesthood holder, you're an Aaronic priesthood holder. You haven't gone to the temple yet. You haven't gone out on a mission yet. You're not in high up leadership. That seems to be a different space that you exist in. Right. If you're an investigator and you're allowed to go to all these different places, right? Like the places that you don't need a specific temple recommend to go to. That's a different space that you exist in as a member compared to temple worship, uh which would we were talking about as kind of like an, a different layer. Right. That we can a- analyze and then also missions. Mm-hmm. Missions are also a very uh different level that we could also analyze. Yeah. Um when it comes to like missions, I think
0: there probably are a lot more checkboxes on that bike model that you could say, like, no, this is very cult, like, um, the mm-hmm. mission experience, which makes me look back on my own mission. And, you know, it's like, man, like really that was pretty culty in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the other part of me is like, actually, I love my mission. You know what I mean? Me personally, like, yeah, there were some really tough days and stuff like that. And yeah, I would probably change limited a of, diet. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Uh lots of different things like that, but in general like I really did enjoy that time to like serve other people. Like I felt like I really grew from it. And it's a temporary space too. That's the other thing is like yeah. It's not like you go on a mission and then you're walked into that maybe yeah. more culty kind of part of the church forever. Like there is an end date to it. It's 18 months or 2 years. Right. And right. so like you got to throw that in there. Like yeah, the mission mm-hmm. may be more culty, but it's not
1: like you're not expected to live that the rest of your life. Right. You're, you're sort of uh, given this premise to admission that you are, you're set apart specifically for it. Um, It's a duration of one and a half to two years. Um, It's, it's probably going to be hard. You're going to, there's gonna be a lot expected of you demanded of you, but it will ultimately come to an end, which I think the whole ultimately coming to an end thing is not culty. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, because it, it seems like if we can say culty and maybe we, maybe we should stop using that jargon, you know, sure, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we should cause we're guilty of the same thing we're criticizing. Right. But like, um, you know, yeah. Missions. If a mission was indefinite, there would be a lot more thought control, emotion control, information control, et cetera in it than with an end date set in mind. Right. Um, and then we also wanted to talk about that. Like the, all these different categories temple worship missions uh, the general church um, you know these these are evolving subsets of the church uh, for example, we were ta- we were talking about that mission rules have changed right uh, extreme changes even gotten better like you and I we've been on we were we've been home for you know eight ish years for me uh, four for me four for you um, <clears throat> and so like since we've been out, you know, missionaries now are able to call home every week mm-hmm. and uh like FaceTime and I've heard even some missionaries can use TikTok and, right. and things like that. <laughs> there's definitely not they're definitely not shut out from the from the from information, you know, by sure. any means or like influence from outside of the mission president. Yeah. And the mission president's wife. Yeah.
0: And every mission is different. Like we mentioned that, you know, like mission presidents may have different rules, either more lax or more strict, kind of depending on the president. Yeah. Um yeah anyway so every mission can be a little bit different also like the culture like how the missionaries work together like that can change things for better or worse as well like lots of different mm-hmm. things like things are you know evolving and i think that's one thing that the church kind of touts is like this is a continuing revelatory process right and it's getting better which
1: which it does is seem like
0: it, is. Yeah. it does seem like like i said like it's going from 50 to 60 percent and even lower dropping from there you know <laughs> what i mean
1: Yeah. Like another couple things here to note is, you know, the wording in temple ceremonies that's changed Mm -hmm. from, uh, you probably know the wording better than me because I haven't been in the temple since the wording was changed. Maybe I should just put a little caveat
0: here because some people like members of the church, like the temple is a very sacred experience. Yeah. Um, I will share just one quick change that happened back in like 2019. um, With like certain wording for like one covenant. Just throwing that like out there, like that's what I'm going to be saying, like is like a warning, I guess, if you don't want to, if you want to skip this part or whatever. So um, before 2019, women used to covenant to obey or hearken unto the voice of their husband Mm -hmm. as he, but like, so they would basically covenant with their husband. Yeah. And then he's the middle man between, between them and God, them and God. Uh Yeah. And then the husband, like the man would covenant between directly between God to follow his commandments and stuff like that. That was changed in 2019. So that women and men are both now just talking to God. You know what I mean? So I think it's a very positive change. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing we talked about is like. (laughs) These positive changes are a good thing. But are we recognizing the harm that was maybe done with the previous way it was done? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like that's. Yeah. That's, that's a really big thing we want to hit on today to validate those who have left the church or who, who are, or who even just carry some kind of trauma and are still trying in the mm-hmm. church, right. Like these changes are positive for everybody going forward, but looking backward, they're, they're not very healing because right. the, the church doesn't seem to acknowledge that maybe they didn't do things in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think one might view that one of two ways, either one, it's revelation and it's constantly changing or two, uh you know, it wasn't revelation and we're just kind of brushing over it, sure. you know and so that's that's something that that uh, I think it would be validating for uh, foreign members or those who are more nuanced or maybe who are struggling with their faith, going through a faith crisis to acknowledge that, hey, if you went on a mission that was with a very strict mission president uh, and you had difficult experiences there or uh, if you were, uh, if you participated in the temple prior to these wording changes or even earlier, right. Yeah. We there were some, there we were some big changes in the nineties. Yeah. Big changes in the nineties, you know, th- you know, and, and those were hard experiences for you. And then it just changed and there was no explanation as to why, mm-hmm. you know, um, or no apology or no apology. Like, listen, mm-hmm. like this was I don't know. That's like tough for the
0: church. Like I can understand like why the church maybe doesn't apologize for those things because that would, it would lose, it would lose their credibility
1: yeah, as yeah. prophecies and
0: revelators. It would. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, yeah. And that's, that's, we're not trying to argue either right, way right, or right. that. but that's, those are kind of the options. It seems like one one or the other, mm-hmm. um, either way it, it might be upsetting to those who, uh, who, struggled with those. Uh, another one that we talked about is the, is the new strength of youth kind of awesome. Like we were both reading that over came yeah, this out happened yesterday. Yesterday, right? This is like, we're recording
0: this in October of 2022 Yeah, conferences this weekend. We're this weekend. recording during the
1: Sunday, the Sunday morning, morning session. session right now. Yeah, <laughs> Oops. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're not listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we were reading over that and, uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool things in there. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of like Open to your own personal interpretation between you and God or you and your parents or whatever, right. you know, um, the old strength of youth, maybe not as much that way. Maybe it was more like you can only have one piercing in each year. Or you your, your uh, shorts have to be this length, this length. Yeah, yeah. Totally. your midriff has to be this length or whatever, right. you know, um, and, and I think that they're. You know, a note, especially to the women of the church, uh, who I I know there are a lot of women out there who have struggled with uh, those kind of older concepts where they felt responsible for a man's you know unclean thoughts, right? And that they they carried that weight, that responsibility to dress modestly enough so that nobody would look at them in a lustful way, right? When really that's not their responsibility, totally. Um, And so just changing that abruptly to like you know this this is now open to your own interpretation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it might be skipping over, might not be validating to those who struggled with those older concepts. Yeah. And the harm that was
0: done with those older concepts in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: So yeah,
0: for the true believing members listening and stuff like active members, um, just recognize that ex members do take some issues with these changes. Like the changes in themselves are good. I think the issue comes with like, there isn't like an apology or a reason why it's changing or any of that necessarily. It's just, it's changing. changing. And now we're doing better and like good for us. Yeah. It's like, okay, but people were harmed by this in the past. Can we recognize that? Can we apologize for it? Can we move forward? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't. It's a hypothetical question: Will the church ever apologize for these kinds of things? Right. So as of right, right. now, they haven't. They haven't. Yeah, and that would In an be an official stance.
1: Sure, and I think that would be our recommendation to the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I feel comfortable saying that because uh, I'm not. I don't feel threatened because my my name's out. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but um, you know, my recommendation to the church would be, and the church leadership would be, why don't you make some apologies? You know, that might facilitate even more positive change. Totally, because. you you, the church is doing a lot to change for the better and kudos right like i think that's worth acknowledging like there are some really good strides being made but there's a there's a total 50 50 side of that i think you gotta you gotta look backwards and you Mm -hmm. gotta you gotta start having conversations that are healing for people right
0: and i think they can apologize and just be like listen like this wasn't right we're imperfect humans you know they Follow back on that a lot. You know, the prophets aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Members and non members agree with that. Ex members, whatever. Um, like, I don't think it would necessarily invalidate their prophetic claims. And, mm-hmm. well, maybe in some ways, but like, in, at least in my opinion, but I could see still like active mm-hmm. members still being like, okay, like they're recognizing their own faults mm-hmm. and we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Jesus Christ is asking us to do? Right, right. Right. He wants us to repent and be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, transparency would be kind of awesome in the church. And it's like, I think that's a step in the right direction. And I feel comfortable saying that too, you know, with my name still in the church, like I agree with your recommendation church. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be like, I know more than the prophet or anything (laughs) like that. Like they have the reasons why they do things and I can't, speak for that. And if they are actually speaking with Jesus Christ, you know, maybe
1: he's telling them not to, I don't know. Right. 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 Yeah. If anything, it would be nice just to have a conversation about it, you know, with leadership, not necessarily us directly, although that'd be cool, but just in general, I think with membership, especially former membership Mm -hmm. and current leadership, we should talk about, okay. Why, why is there no apology being made? Uh, Do you see, do you see that maybe an apology would be helpful or that would even be justified? And if we're not making an apology, why is it, mm-hmm. is, is it because God is saying, is it because God isn't apologizing, you know, or it, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's an interesting hypothetical, I guess. Exactly. Um, we won't go deeper into that. Um, <clears throat> I kind of, you know, the next thing that we wanted to talk about is that, um, the the biggest theme with the bite model, uh, the, uh, that's kind of in the beginning of that document that we'll put in the show notes, uh, is that cult leadership, according to the bite model definition, they tend to, um, the leadership tends to seek some sort of control over the membership. And we were just, we were just talking about it and we kind of feel like there doesn't seem to be an intent by leadership to have deliberate control. Right. Possibly the control over information and how the members, how the church is perceived. I can see that. Sure. Like any organization would, mm-hmm. you know, um, but direct control over what their members do, what they can do um, seems to be minimal. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, with the exception of some extreme unique examples.
0: Yeah. I mean, like there are individuals in church leadership in the past and. It could be down to the local level, you know, like, but as a whole, I feel like the church leadership is not intentionally wanting like this control over people. And, you know, it's coming from someone who's a little bit more critical of the church these days. Like I don't
2: like, they're not, I don't know. How do I even say this? I'm like
0: trying to think, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's not like all these things that are maybe happening I think are unintentional like it's not it's just happening yeah, and it's been yeah. going on for years it's maybe traditions of our fathers that have just continued and the changes are yeah. you know changing and getting better like we mentioned right and I think it'll just continue to do so which I love
1: yeah and I, and I think that uh par- part of the positive change is is likely that leadership is starting to incorporate feedback in whatever way they do that I mean it seems mm-hmm. like they collect like I, I was even polled at one point with this like kind of awesome survey. This was way back in 2019, I think Yeah. where it was a very open-minded survey. It was like, how do you really feel about this? It was anonymous and that kind of thing. And I love that. And ma- maybe they do that a lot. I don't know. To try to pull like, to try to try to get a feel for how membership is feeling on things. Right. Um, and I think that's great. And, um, you know, because one point that we wanted to talk about as well is that uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of democracy or democratic principles within the church. Mm-hmm. There, There is a vote of sustainment, um, you know, that doesn't seem to go anywhere. I mean, maybe maybe if there's if, an opposing vote, if there's mean, an opposing yeah. vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you want to support them. Yay. All right. Let's all, you know, put our hands up. But if you're against it, it's like, well, you can go talk to your state president and mm-hmm. your state president. will, who knows what the state president does? You right. know? Um, And, and so I think that that could be a a big reason why there's not a lot of, uh, why the church is slow to change is because if we did have votes on things, um, which I understand is kind of a controversial idea because it's a, it's a revelatory church. Right. But if there were Jesus Christ is the head, not the people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there might be a little bit more. Uh, the the speed of the change and the incorporation of different ideas might be a little quicker. If there was a bit more voting involved, Mm -hmm. perhaps I don't know. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's very top down and
0: not bottom up in like a lot of ways. Yes. And I take issue with that personally, Mm -hmm. you know, like as far as the United States government goes, it is in a lot of ways, very bottom up. I mean, there's like the top down stuff as well. You know, Mm -hmm. the legislators make laws and all that stuff but right. the people have a voice right and a very big voice as well and yeah. things change and stuff like that whereas in the church it is very much more kind of like there's this
1: orthodoxy there's this top down there's this traditions yep. things that have been done in the past yeah it and is kind you, of like if you don't get the answer we get well you know too bad because right. we we got it from god you know yeah and I think in the, in the old, really old days, right? Like old Testament type time, it's, and I, I'm, I'm blanking on specific examples here, but mm-hmm. I recall that the prophet was kind of more of a middleman than a leader between God and the people. Sure. Like the people would come to the prophet and be like, can you please ask him this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and point. that seemed to happen a lot. If mm-hmm. I recall, like in, throughout, in different scripture and that kind of thing, I don't see that happening very much yeah. today. And, you know, maybe even if that was the only change that was made, perhaps there would be a bit more movement and momentum for more positive changes. Yeah. Like if, if, If yeah, if we could come to the prophet and be like, here's a a list of things that we really want answers on from God. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we understand that we're not the prophet for the church. You know, could you you ask, could you take a look at it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that'd be kind of
0: interesting. I'd like that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cool. So we have this, a major takeaway. (laughs) We want to get into this. Like the church does seem okay. Yeah. I guess like major takeaway for members who maybe haven't seen this before or aren't feeling it. Mm -hmm. The church does seem to have some level of cult, like high religion, high demand behavior, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, to recognize that. Right. Right. But then on the flip side, like to the ex members who maybe throw around the term cult, like so much, like maybe it isn't as extreme as we paint it. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's getting better. Right. Me too. Like that's, I yeah. think where we want to build this bridge here with like this. high demand yeah. kind of like thought control that the church does have a little bit of it. Yeah.
1: And we should talk about that. We should, I, right. I think the next question that's coming up to those of those who are active. is like, mm-hmm. I don't really see the mind control guys. Sure. You no, know? Let's bring this up delicately. Um, And we highlighted some things here on the on the bite model, but um, there seemed to be uh, quite a bit of emotional control, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, And again, we don't think this is deliberate uh, or intentional. But, for example, guilt and shame, you know, that that's used a lot. Uh, We talk about love bombing. Right. And the, the, the concept of love bombing is kind of like. When you when you are coming into the church, or you're investigating the church, uh, or you're returning to activity, the membership and the missionaries and the leadership they're they're all they all have this just huge, warm outreach, loving type of thing, right? Yeah, which is great. Yeah, totally. Um, but but then if you do something wrong, right? Like say say you are an active member and you've you're past that sort of phase of being new and needing some mentorship and that kind of thing. I mean, we all need mentorship, but Mm -hmm. like active new member type of integration and say you start to have a differing view or you make a mistake that's in the public eye and they, the the church views it as something large, then a lot of guilt and shame will be used against that person. Right. Um, not intentionally necessarily, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. Uh, councils of love, uh, or disciplinary councils can also be used in extreme examples. Uh, to correct people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are, I, I feel that those are, are pretty extreme emotional, manipulative tactics. Right. Um, again, not intentional, most likely. Um, but nonetheless, we feel like it's important to point out. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, then there's,
0: we kind of went into this before, but the, not a lot of democratic principles in the church. You can raise your voice as an opposing vote, but that doesn't really go very far at least that i know of um i've never actually like told my state president you know like i have an opposing vote but i'm yeah. not trying to make this about me but i'm like con- highly considering it because that's just yeah. how i feel and i want to see what happens about that like will my voice be heard mm-hmm. will my concerns be addressed mm-hmm. or will i be kind of shut down i don't know and i'm right. curious
1: so and yeah. And, that, and what's interesting to point out here is a bit of behavioral control mm-hmm. that that I feel like is utilized as well. Uh, like say you were to stand up and you were to vote against something, you would most likely see your stake present and that kind of thing. I would think that more often than not. Uh, I mean there, I think leadership is, is different really, depending on who you, who you're talking to and totally. where you are geographically. Um, but I think more often than not, your feedback is just kind of listened to and you're sort of put in your place, I want to say. Sure. Maybe that's a bit aggressive to say, but I, I can't think of many examples where direct feedback from a single person raising their hand in an opposing vote was taken mm-hmm. seriously. Um, it's more like a a way for that person to be identified <laughs> in a public setting. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I know for those who
0: listen to the Mormon Stories podcast or know who John DeLynn is he had some issues with like the way missions were run and like how baptisms were being done unethically and like baptizing children without their parents consent and stuff like that. Like that was happening in his mission and he brought up his issues. And I think he wrote a letter and had the right connections. And that letter eventually got to like Elder Oaks Hmm. and stuff. So there have been instances where issues have been brought up. And I think Elder Oaks took that letter and like read it off to new mission presidents and stuff like that. Like, listen, like we really have to make sure that, People are joining the church like they need to know what's going on, at least at a basic level, you know, and like choose to accept it rather than being like coerced. So there have been examples of that where concerns have been brought up. So for those if you don't listen to Mormon Stories podcast, it is a little bit more critical of the church in a lot of ways. Um, John Dolan was excommunicated about 10 years ago or so, Um, but I love that podcast like it's really opened my eyes in a lot of ways. And they also are starting to bring on more. Active members like Patrick Mason, who's a faithful Mormon historian, like academic historian, PhD level, and stuff like that, um very respected within historical communities with the church. He was on a recent episode. I would encourage people to go listen to that. So, putting a shout out for another podcast, I guess, but going back to the point, like there have been some, at least from me listening to that, there have been some concerns that have been raised to leadership, whether it be local or even general. That's awesome. And it I does get through sometimes. Yeah. Um, it maybe kind of depends on who, you know, though, in some senses, which kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. And, and who you bring your issue up with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I can, I can think of not naming specifics, but I can think of leaders that I've known in the past that nope, yeah, <laughs> sure. wouldn't go anywhere. Right. Sure. And then there's other leaders that would do anything in their power to try to help you. Yeah. You know, uh, it seems to just be kind of hit and miss. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, another point to make here. And I know this is like a, this is heavier, especially for those who are in the church, because what we're, what we're trying to do is trying to point out things that might be justifiable to acknowledge as manipulative. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, we can start a discussion on it. uh, Not, not for criticism uh, or anything like that. Right. Um, So with that, another, another thing I think might be considered manipulative um, is information control. Um, for example, one really big one is there's only one right answer. Uh, if you don't get an answer, you're doing something wrong and you know, either you're doing something wrong, you didn't ask in the right way, or you're not keeping the commandments diligently enough where you would get that answer. Right. Uh, there's never really the opening for a controversial answer. It's very black and white, right? It's very black and white, absolutely true or completely false, right? Like, like uh, that, that, that kind of famous challenge in the book of Moroni where, you know, at the very, very end of the book Mm -hmm. it's you know, we invite you to pray and ask God if these things are not true. right? Right. Um, and so, and, and I don't think Moroni really goes into that where it's like, Well, if you get a no, then, uh, you know, but we've interpreted it to be that way. Where It's like this book is true. Yeah. Like we know it's true. So if you get an answer that is not true, that's just not possible. Yeah. I think there is like a little caveat with that scripture. If I remember it, like at least
0: in James, like one, five, like one, six, whatever. um, You have to ask in faith, like nothing wavering, you know what I mean? To get the answer. So that's kind of like used as like a clause that's like, well, if you're not getting the answer, your faith isn't enough. You know what I mean? But like, what if you really are just genuinely like trying to find the truth and you're not getting that traditional answer, like what you should, like we need to validate that, you know, like that's how I feel with a lot of things. Yeah. And it's tough to disagree on that with people. It is. And it causes a lot of contention, unfortunately, and I don't want it to. Right. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. And yeah, let's just, let's just talk. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I I hope that those who are listening uh, feel that that's what we're trying to do here is to really just initiate discussion Mm -hmm. on different things. We're trying to break down this, this very polarized word cult, right? (laughs) And break it down into there's some truth here. There's not truth there. And how can we talk about this in a way where we all feel heard? Yeah. Not in a way of like debate. I yeah. think that's the big
0: thing with our podcast is I don't like the debate format, you know, like, well, right. Go back and forth. Like, well, what about this? What about this? It's like, no, but like, can we just like recognize part of it and like validate it and be like, no, that, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. on both sides. And once again, I said at the beginning, but please, if you disagree with some of these things, or you have like a voice that you want to share, send us an email and we will read it. Totally. Okay? 100%. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the email is, uh, what is that? Contact? I put it in the show notes all, okay. all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, but LDS at gmail.com.
1: Got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. A couple more things here. Uh, one thing that was kind of interesting is, uh, COVID we were yeah. talking about that, um, Like I I recently had a really cool experience where I met with a former companion of mine. Uh, We had lunch together, not going to name this person, don't have their permission, but so I was having lunch with this individual and I hadn't seen them in years. You know, it had been at least seven years or so since I had seen this person and I, I've had the desire to reach out to former mission companions for a lot of reasons, partially because I feel like we all went through the same things together. Right. A lot of the same challenges together. And we're also just good friends. Most Mm -hmm. of us. Um, and, but I was terrified. I was just absolutely terrified to tell this person how I felt, you know, how, like I really felt about how I'm feeling and what has happened in the last seven years, you know? Um, and so I kind of like, I kind of like made a very subtle disclosure uh, (laughs) to just kind of probe to see where, where they were at. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I said, uh, I'm not really going to church right now, which which is, uh, an under delivery, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like I'm human and I was, I was definitely afraid of being scrutinized and rejected, you know? And so, uh, I brought that up and, and, uh, he was like, dude, like I took my name out and I was like, no way. Like, and, you know, and not, not to like celebrate, like, yeah, you know, take your name out, you know, like not necessarily that's like the answer for everybody. I'm not saying that, but just like, That what that meant to me was that we both were on the same page now, and we Mm -hmm. could we could talk about a discussion openly, you know. Right. And and I I wish that I would feel I wouldn't have felt scared. I wish I would have felt like even if he was the most active member ever, and I wasn't, that we could still have an awesome discussion and still celebrate that. But you know, I think it's fair to say that that's that's really not how it happens all the time. Yeah, very often. And I would hope also, you know,
0: an active member like talking with someone shouldn't have to feel like they need to be defensive of the church and stuff like that. You know, like if they know one of their friends is leaving the church or less active for whatever the reason and stuff, and they just want to talk about it, like, and not feel like they're being attacked. Right. Like, that's a big thing here is like, we just want to recognize the bad behaviors that both sides kind of bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And we got to get rid of those. Mm -hmm. we got to like come together, talk about stuff in a very forward way but also not a like take it over the top way. Like missing the mark is what the church uses that term a lot, you know? Right. Like, right. And that's the big thing with like this, you know, like is, yeah. Is Are, the we, church missing the culty? Are yeah. we missing the mark? Yeah. I think by using that term, it is missing the mark because it has such a negative connotation with it. Right. Even though like it does check a lot of these boxes, like how many boxes you have to check. Be sure before you say like completely cult or culty or not a cult at all, stuff like that. so. I prefer the term high demand religion. Yeah. Me too. I think that is very much more of a accurate description of what the church is. It's not really all that negative. It's not negative. Yeah. It's just stating it as what it is, you yeah. know, and maybe, you know, language changes over time. Maybe with time, the word "cult" will also like lose its negative connotation. Yeah. Maybe high demand religion will become negative. Yeah. Uh, it, know, it, things knows? can change, you know, but as yeah. of like right now in 2022, I think the term high demand religion it's the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints better as well as like, sure. other churches you know it's like yeah. jehovah's witnesses i would call them a high demand religion right um the fundamentalist lds church probably
1: right. a very high demand religion probably right. pushing more like the cult because sense in my mind and, and you'll have to correct me on uh-huh. this definition but to me high demand religion just sounds like yeah you put a lot of effort into it right like a lot is required mm-hmm But a lot is delivered, you know, that's, and that doesn't seem very negative to me. No, same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I kind of, I kind of straight off topic here with the COVID concept. Oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 that's more my bad. Uh, but, uh, kind of going back to this, this guy that I was talking with, um, he was saying that a big part of his faith transition was COVID. Like, you know, he couldn't go to church for a while, uh, or at least not as often. And uh, a lot of things were shut down. Uh, I think temple worship was shut down at some point for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so we weren't gathering even like a social setting at all, anything like that. Right. Yeah. And I, and I'm not trying to say one way or the other, uh, like whether this was a positive or negative influence on people, but what did happen was it gave people more space from one another and space from the organization to perhaps think for themselves. Totally. Um, and for him that was really mind opening uh because he was able to see things he hadn't observed before uh notice i think for him and i shouldn't you know go into too much detail on his own story without his permission but um uh, for him it was it was a lot of hey like i i how how is it that i'm doing so well when all of these things are shut down right. you know these things that i've been taught i've needed this whole time yeah. you know um I, How am I doing so well? And maybe that's a unique situation in COVID because I think a lot of people weren't doing that well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mentally, physically, whatever. True. Um so yeah, that that's one kind of unique thing to bring up is that, you know, that that's an interesting concept we haven't really encountered thus far. Is, you know, COVID brought this opportunity for a lot of us to take a step back. Right. And I I know that there has been a dip in 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 uh church membership Mm -hmm. since then. And so that's an that's an interesting thing to discuss. is, yeah. you know, is it that there is no there that there wasn't as much undue influence from the church, or is it that they were influenced too much by the adversary, and that's what caused them to lose their way? Yeah, people can look at this like what maybe it's a signs of the times kind of thing.
0: You know, like COVID is one of those pestilences that's coming right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, I can't rule that out. Like I personally don't believe that necessarily, but believing members might attribute that as like a reason like, you know, this is like sifting wheat from the terror kind of thing, you know, like getting who are the faithful who are getting ready to usher in the millennium, I guess, is who, or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's multiple ways you can like, look, look at all these things. Right. And it's so interesting to me that we can have similar experiences and come to different conclusions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think maybe I've shared this before in a previous episode, but there's a verse in, I want to say Helaman or third Nephi sometime around there um, in the book of Mormon, where it states that because of like the wars that the Nephites and Lamanites had gone through, like there was like a lot of, you know, loss of life, all this stuff, like there's all this bad stuff. Now they entered this time of peace. Hmm. And because of that, I need to find the exact verse, but like, because of the wars, like people either turned closer to God, or like they had more humility and stuff or they turned away from him i just think that's so interesting mm-hmm, yeah. that in the book of mormon you know like that's there and it's the same experience happened to people and there was different interpretations of it and different outcomes from the same thing and i think covid is like one of those things for us you know it's either maybe bringing people like on a higher level of faith of some way yeah yeah or more into the church or maybe reframing the way they look at the church, but in a positive light, you know, they're still staying in, but they're looking at things in different ways, bringing in all these different attributes and stuff like that. Or maybe it's forcing people out. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, like it's just putting up resistance and uh, giving the opportunity for growth. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. I think that's awesome. You know, we've said it multiple times before, like we don't care where you are in the church or where you end up. And we don't want to try to force you one way or the other Like yeah. where you are. You're valid there. Right. Just coming to realize for yourself, like the, why, like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question that everyone has to
1: ask themselves and figure out. And that's cool. You know? Yeah. And so I think, I think now would be a good time. Cause I, I know we've been hitting on a lot of things that the church might be doing that that's manipulative. And that might've been really hard for those who are in the church to listen to. Right. So maybe we should take a moment kind of with our closing thoughts and kind of wrapping up this episode, mm-hmm. we should talk about, we should validate the the members, the current members and, and try to invite those who are, who are out of the church now who may be using the term cult in a very negative way and almost harassing those in the church with that term, mm-hmm. like, like wake up you're you're in a cult, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so, I, you know, I think I think the major point here is that we we've gone over the definition of a cult. Uh we've we've gone over that it's a very uh you know controversial term. Totally. (laughs) That it means all sorts of different things. Hard to define. (laughs) Very, very difficult to define. And so whenever you have a very difficult to define term, it just doesn't really help facilitate conversation. Right. Right. Uh it doesn't even help. Uh, any, any constructive feedback. Right. And so I think that that's the imitation we have to members is that, I mean, you're doing two things when you use a w- the word cult in a negative way. One, you are, you are just making those members feel, uh, bad right. in, in some way, right? Either they're upset with you because they disagree, or maybe they see some, maybe they see some of that and they're just, they're feeling a little, a little scared, a little, a little, uh, you know, self-conscious about being yeah. a member. Um, and then the other thing that you're doing is you're you're really not carrying your point through whatever your point is, you know, because yeah. because it's such a up to interpretation term. What is it that you're actually trying to say? What kind of feedback are you trying to give? You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a blanket term, you know. And so I guess the invitation to former members would be, you know, like if there is something that you actually are trying to start a camp conversation about, like let's break it down. Like mm-hmm. wh- what is it? a? What is first, what is your definition of a cult? You know, and what is it that makes you believe it's a cult? Is it, is it information control, behavior control, emotion control, thought control, and, you know, and be specific about that. So that, that that's much more inviting to have totally. a conversation where, you know, say a former member is talking with a, with an active member and saying, Hey, I, I felt like, I felt like there was a bit of emotional manipulation, you know, and that is, that is like a very good starting point to, totally. to to have a conversation where it's like, well, you know, I, I look at it this way. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I haven't thought about that that way before and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And then I know like you had some thoughts, Mitch, about, you know, wh- what is the point of bringing it up? You know, like why would you use the word cult? Right. I think it's, yeah. Just like, I always go back
0: to that question. Like why, why am I saying the things that I'm saying? Why do I believe the things that I believe, et cetera? Or why am I changing? What am I believing and stuff like that? So like by using that term what is your point you know is your point just to be like hey wake up you're deceived like Mm -hmm. very rarely do i think that is effective for one Mm -hmm. and two it's yeah like you said like we're not going into the conversation deeper it's just like very thought-stopping it's like no you're in a cult like
1: you know yeah there's almost it just stops. Like how it can you, yeah you're you're asking for an argument or mm-hmm. no conversation at yeah all. <laughs> exactly. exactly that's a great way to say it and
0: that's not going anywhere but it's like okay listen like let's look at this model you know this bite model let's go through it how do you feel that it is like the church may fit this definition mm-hmm. and then other like maybe a believing member could be like no like i see it in a different light mm-hmm. and like come to an understanding there And I think people would meet more in the middle on that and be a little bit more just like, okay, like I can recognize things. So one other thing we'll put it in the show notes just to wrap up here really quick. There is this like little quiz that I found. It's like the, is it Colty quiz? (laughs) Um, I forget the exact name of it, but it's like this, it goes through kind of the bite model and like asks you like, how do you feel on a, I think it's a Likert scale kind of thing, like strongly disagree to strongly agree and everywhere in between how things feel. And you can decide for yourself, like using this quiz. Like I took the quiz and I got like a 60 out of 80 for the church. And this was, you know, just like a month ago that I took it. And then I asked a friend of mine who's an active member of the church. He's a convert to the church converted when he was like when he was like 21 or something like that. And he took it and he got like 17 and a half out of 80, you know, yeah. like that was a stark difference. Oh yeah. Like that's huge, you know? And I would love to, talk with this person a little bit more like, okay, why did you choose like this? Yeah. Like, why did you choose strongly disagree where I chose strongly agree? Mm-hmm. And like, we can come to an understanding like, Oh, like, you know, and maybe one of us is like thinking about it in a different way or in a wrong yeah. way or whatever you want to call it. But it's like having that conversation of like, okay, like where does the church like maybe have some of these behaviors or maybe where am I exaggerating it? Mm. You know? And then going from there and
1: recognizing that this is a conversation that I think needs to be had. Oh yeah. And I I can recall a few conversations I've even had recently where I tried to break down why I thought that there is, there's some sort of, you know, uh, manipulative tendencies in the past. And and a lot of it had to do with my own personal experience, right? Because that's really the only thing I can go off of. And when I brought it up in that phrasing where it was not like, Oh, this is a gold or whatever, like, the only th- the only thing that happened was that these people could sympathize a bit more or empathize and see maybe some unjust things that might have happened to me specifically. Mm-hmm. And it just facilitated a closer relationship with each other for right. one. And then also maybe, you know, kind of got them thinking like, hmm, that, yeah, maybe like maybe that is actually a problem. And I think there are many active members who are willing to acknowledge that there are problems. Totally. Totally. And that they can be changed without it shaking their faith. Right. And I think ultimately that's kind of the ideal scenario here Uh is, you know, let's make change without really shaking anybody up, you know? Love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One quick thing where you're saying like people may agree with this. I did like a poll on Instagram a couple months ago and this was like two, I only had members of record. Like if you have a name in the church still answer this poll. And I said like, is the church a cult? 13% 13% yes, It 100% follows the bite model. 36% said no, but we have some culty things about us. 32% said it's not a cult, but it's a high-demand religion. And then 19%, absolutely not. This is the restored Church of Jesus Christ. Those are the only four options that I put on, and this isn't scientific by any means. I don't remember how many people actually, like, answered this poll and stuff like mm-hmm. that, so.
1: But what's so cool about that poll you did mm-hmm. is that it follows the typical scientific bell curve. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, you had about thirty percent in three percent moderate left, fifty uh, percent moderate right, yeah. And you had like minority super far right, minority super far left. Yeah, that's true. And so a- another argument to say that like all this controversial information that's being spread around on both sides, it's like that usually doesn't reflect what most people are feeling, right? You know, right. And so and so hopefully by this discussion we've facilitated some kind of exchange and some kind of you know taking both sides i guess of that that peak of the bell curve right you know what i mean yeah and yeah
0: we'll put a lot of resources in our show notes for this episode so you can come to your own conclusion is the church cult like is it not but i think like we said like i prefer the term high demand religion because i think that facilitates more conversation rather than the term cult yeah and that's our tackling this cliche, right? <laughs> yeah. That was an exhausting one. I it will was. say <laughs> we, we kind of went a little bit over an hour, which not too much. We're our 10 minutes right now. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. And once again, like send us your feedback. Yeah. If you agree, if you disagree, like we want to hear it because we have our biases. Right. Yeah. And today, you know, because of things that have happened in the past week or so, maybe we were a little bit more negative in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like, Feels everything through that. Yeah. Like I, like I, like I recognize that in myself and I'm not trying to like be right or anything, like prove that this is like, I have the truth. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure stuff out. Like most of you listeners I think are, and let's move forward. So send us an email with your feedback, take the quiz. If you want to take the quiz yourself and like, um, send your results, like a screenshot of it to the email with like, Mm -hmm. I'm an active believing member or I'm an ex member and stuff like that. Maybe we can get some more data. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Even if it's not like super scientific, it's anecdotal, you know? And it'd be kind of cool to just see like how people interpret things. So yeah, this would be cool.
1: Yeah, totally. Thanks guys (laughs) for listening. Um, We'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Later.